0: You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us. And how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, and make an impact in our own unique way. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to heart creatives. Today's guest is Hama Qureshi, an author and former newspaper journalist turned blogger at Our Storytime, where she also runs online writing courses that guide people to find inspiration and their creative writing voice. We talked a lot about writing and creativity, including as tips for those who want to write more creatively, and also her experience of carving out a new career path based on a desire for freedom and doing it around a young family. We also ventured a lot into imposter syndrome, owning your expertise, banging your own drum and selling what you do in a nice, quiet way. I really hope you like the interview. Hi Hema, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm actually really interested to hear a bit about your kind of unique career path because you started out as a journalist and you have your book which is amazing and I recommend everyone to read. Thank you. <laughs> and I love the way that you've sort of taken that and applied it to blogging and carved out a way of doing things online and writing in your creative way as you do online and turning that into a business. Um, I'd love to talk a bit about more about how that came about and how you felt about it along the way
1: so I guess in a way my career started off in sort of very one path which was journalism and that was all I'd ever wanted to do and all I wanted to do um for many years um and I was very lucky with that because I got my first job straight away on The Guardian and I stayed there for many years um on the observer and the guardian um so in some ways i hadn't really thought outside of that box because i didn't need to i would got what i wanted very early on um as like pretty much as soon as i'd finished my postgrad um i was there um which was fantastic um but i didn't have to think creatively about what i was going to do because i was doing it and um, i was doing what I wanted to do and what a lot of other people wanted to be doing so I didn't have to think about it too much but then as I progressed in journalism I began to get a bit braver I guess and a bit bolder I wanted to write my own um, features and pitch my own ideas a bit more I have a little bit more freedom about what I wanted to explore and so I took I guess quite a bold step at um a fairly young age I guess I was about 27 I think when I took um I decided to go freelance um so I'd i done a reasonable stint at the newspapers there and then decided that it was the best move for me because there were lots of changes going on in print media lots of sections were getting smaller and I was slightly worried that by staying it would have pigeonholed my writing and um, so I went freelance and that went really well for me um, and I got you know I wrote for a lot of other newspapers um, and from there I was still writing but I was doing what I'd always done I was doing journalism I was doing features I was doing first person features so I was still only doing what I had wanted to do and then all of a sudden, um, one day got an email from a publisher asking me if they could meet me because I'd begun to, as I went freelance, I began to increasingly write first person pieces, um, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed exploring and also, connecting with readers and taking something that was personal and making it universal um if that makes sense um and so a publisher had read um a couple of pieces that I'd written about my sort of upbringing and my family um and asked if I wanted to meet and if I had ever thought about writing a book and did I have any book ideas and of course this was like a massive dream come true even though the publisher itself was quite small um but that what I wasn't expecting. So that was a bit of a turning point for me because it also happened to be the time that I was pregnant with my first child. And I think it was around that point that I started to realize that if I could find another way to write that was not necessarily confined to the deadline pressure of daily newspapers, it might possibly be a good thing. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Really, I just wanted to write the book and, and being pregnant didn't really have any decision on that. It was just, yes, I'm going to do this. So I took some time out from journalism, wrote the book, had my first, um, little boy. The book came out, had pregnant with my second little boy and doing the press for the book and it was around that time because I was still trying to do freelance journalism I think I was pregnant with my second um or he was just about to be born um and I was starting to feel that pull between trying to be freelance trying to be an author as well as a freelance journalist and trying to be a mum of two very young little boys at the time and they were only a matter of um like 19 months between mm. them so I had my hands very full and it wasn't as if I made a conscious career choice because of the children it was more because of the lifestyle that I envisioned which involved me being both present but also writing the book gave me a taste for something which was freedom um if that it was the chance to explore a project um that I do I guess at the back of my mind, I'd always wanted to do it. I mean, who doesn't want to write a book and who gets a publisher just to say, hey, let's talk. You know, it was a dream country, But I suppose in my early years, I was I'd, you know, for me to have got to the newspaper, that was like the, the height of it then. But then things moved and changed and suddenly realizing that actually I could have this unlimited time within reason to just explore something that I wanted to write quite deeply and in a quite you know, quite an intense way, but just had that time to do it. And and of course every now and again they would check in on me and I still had deadlines and I still had an editor and an agent and all of that. But it just showed me another way to write. And I suppose by the time my blog came about, I'd kind of um, tried a, a few things in between um, and this I've spoken about before so some people might already be familiar with this but in between um, the book coming out and then my third pregnancy um I had this kind of blip of creativity where I was trying to write but I was trying to write my second book and I found that very difficult um, partly because of pregnancy hormones again partly because of probably just taking on too much because I had an awful lot going on in my family life anyway, like with having two young kids and still trying to juggle a little bit of freelance work on the side and trying to write a new book. Um, and I took on quite a lot. So I kind of crumbled under that pressure to write in that very performative manner of like you've got a deadline i need your chapters in three months time and i couldn't really do it and i suppose that environment of of writing to someone else's demands it, it was a, bit, a little bit reminiscent of that newsroom environment where you are you're producing for someone else constantly and I suppose all of that just I just needed to step away from it and so I did and I took a little creative break and I played around with having like a little online store and it was just another way of channeling some creativity at a time when I didn't actually feel very creative but it was still important to me to to carry on and um, And in a roundabout way, after having sort of tried that out, I realized that there might be a way to do exactly as you described when you you first mentioned it, to to write in a way that was online, but was still, I don't know, still very present and still very engaging and still almost book-like, but in an online form which spoke um regularly to people who were reading me and connected with them and from there the idea of the writing course sort of unfolded because I just realized that you know I'd set up this website this sort of creative online store um and I had a blog on that website but I wasn't using it and the minute I started to actually blog and to share my voice and to write I say stories, I mean, they're not creative, they're not fiction stories. I mean, just being storytelling about my moments or my experiences, just writing in the way that I would normally write, but also very freely, because I'm the only one that sets my Conditions on there, you know what i mean i'm I'm my editor and I'm my deadline setter, so to have all of that freedom and yet to also then realize that hang on a minute, this is drawing people in, and I like that and I like engaging with them, and it's coming from because I think I was writing or I am writing from a from my heart and writing in my voice um I think it's sort of connecting with people and I like that I like having a connection with people um and that's what led to me sort of adding a business side to my blog through the writing courses so that's in a very long way to explain how my career went from journalist to author to blogger slash online writing mentor mm. type person. So yeah, it's kind of unfolding um along the way. And I'm it's kind of nice to just see how things progress as well, which is also very liberating to not actually have to have it mapped
0: out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love that um way of doing it. It's sort of experimenting in a way and doing what feels good to you.
1: Yeah, it is quite intuitive. Um it's like at the moment I'm writing a second course which I guess two months ago, I probably wouldn't even have had the idea for, but it's so nice to sort of just take an idea and explore it and see where it goes. And then I just, I think that's what is so incredibly freeing about working for yourself and not having to define what you do by other people's way of doing things, which I know is something you feel really passionately about as well. Like you do it on your own terms, um, and that is freeing. And that's not to say that I don't ever want to do any of the things that I worked so hard for in my in my career. Um it's not to say that I'd ever not do that again. It's just very um yeah, very liberating to be able to sort of do what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very lucky and very privileged as well so I'm very grateful that I can do that so
0: yeah and one of the things I was just reading a a blog post you wrote sort of about the lessons you've learned from blogging and I love the way you described the pirouette of sort of seeing how it's going (laughs) and perhaps changing it a bit depending on how it's going I love that way of describing it it's sort of a really positive way to look at it
1: yeah well you'd hear about um people say that like businessy people will call it a pivot but to me <laughs> pirouette just sounds slightly more fanciful <laughs> um and and also slightly more creative as well like you can just kind of ebb and flow I like that notion that you can just you can change because why would you if you if you set up your very own thing your very own business why would you why would it not evolve as you evolve that's something that's um I don't know it's a bit of a turning point for me to say that because you kind of assume if you're going to set up a business it's got to be something that's very solid and has foundations and and is going to survive and and all of that but also I think it's that's all very true but at the same time it does have to evolve because it, especially in something that's got a little bit of creativity in it and it has to reflect who you are and who we are changes from day to day so um yeah, I, I like just the freedom that that gives you is really inspiring, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. And how has it been for you from going from that background of working as a journalist and now fast forward to now, when you're running a course and you're sort of taking on a new role, you're still being creative with your writing, but you also have this sort of new role as a a course creator, a teacher, and with your students, how does that feel?
1: Um. I will admit that when I first launched The Quiet Words, which is my, um, online writing course on the, I call it the craft of writing creatively because it's not creative writing. It's not just fiction. It's just, it's writing in a creative way, in an inspiring way, which you will know mm-hmm. because you took that mm-hmm. course with me. Um, and I think I, I'll admit that when I first sort of did it, I wrote the course and I loved the process of writing the course because I really poured me into it. And it was, I sort of wrote it in the voice of the person that I wish I had to have talked to when I felt like I was struggling with writer's block and couldn't get started. So it was a really um, personal endeavor in that sense. So on the one hand, I'd finished writing the course over over one summer. And I sort of knew it was a good course, which of course sounds... Like you can't really say that about yourself. But I there was objectively, I could see that there was something in it. But on the other hand, I kept telling myself, but who am I to do this? Because, okay, fine, I've had one book published, but it was a small publisher and it was this and that. Like, I kept trying to pull myself down a little yeah. bit rather than just embrace it. And then I think at some point when I just started to get it laid out on my website, like, get the page up and it just started to feel a bit more like me and I started to just kind of own it a little bit. Um And then it felt very natural. So I think just that very small, in a way, it was a very small step, but also it was a big step to just take my course put it where it needed to be and write my page about what the course was and put it out there that once it was done it sort of felt very natural because um it also made a lot of sense to me that this was what I should be doing and it was what was right for me in many ways but not just sort of lifestyle and practicality but because I knew I'd put so much of myself into the course I just knew I had to do it um so once I kind of got over that and I just sort of battered down the whole oh but nobody you know it's not as if you were a bestseller or anything like I kind of shut that voice up because i would had enough of that voice I've I've heard that voice and it's it's also I don't know whether this just comes with age or with becoming a mother like you just I don't know I just I don't want to talk to myself in a way that would break my heart if my kids talk to themselves like that. So I've tried to stop doing that. um, And I've worked really hard at that, that tried to stop listening to that inner critic and that voice that tells me that, you know, I'm not very good. Or that really annoying self-derogatory voice that turns every compliment every you know objectively reasonable compliment into uh oh it's nothing i've tried to stop doing that because i just don't i, I think it's you can't go on like that you have to it's okay to say that you've done well Yes. Um, and it'd be nice to sort of and I, that reminds me of, of what you did um around new years when you sort of did that whole thing about celebrating who you are and your successes because we don't do that yeah. enough and yeah. i think it's okay to do that yeah. i think it's I think it's really good that we should do that so yeah once I got over that original little um anxiousness about whether or not I was the right person to do this and I realized well I am because this course is only it's only me that could write this kind of course because I put myself into it um you know there'll be other people with other writing courses and they'll be beautiful as well because they belong to them and this belongs to me so it's just recognizing that I actually had something to offer and that just gave me the confidence to take it and run with it. And I've just been delighted really at how it's gone. And that, I suppose, in turn has given me the confidence to do the next one. And it seems, again, it just feels very natural to do it. It doesn't seem like this big, uh, noisy decision that I had to make. It was just seemed like, OK, well, I've done that one and now I'm going to do this one. And um yeah, it feels like progress. Um and sustained progress, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think there's it's such a thing that we all come up against. Like owning our expertise, like even calling it our expertise can be really uncomfortable. Yeah, no,
1: you're absolutely right. I think there's ways in which you can do it. And I think the way that you brought it up on your social media it, it was something and you kind of got other people involved in celebrating who they were. And I just think that's that that way of being positive is very different to just being I don't know arrogant yeah. about yeah. your expertise because being arrogant about it means you don't actually see the worth of your work you just see yourself mm. right but this is different yes. when you're just positive about your work and you're positive about the good that you can you can do or you can offer I think that's there's there is a line I think they're two very distinct things and it's absolutely okay to be positive about what you do
0: and believe in yourself yeah yeah and If I'm honest, like, I get a huge vulnerability hangover from sharing that stuff. Like, every time I do it, I do. But at the same time, I realise how important it is. Like, when other people share it, like, Mm. when you share about your book, that makes me smile. Like, you're telling people you put this (laughs) thing into the world. And I can imagine that's it's probably not always easy. Or maybe it hasn't always been easy. Maybe it becomes easier. But I really like seeing that. I like seeing people sharing that stuff. So that gives me courage to share my own story as well that yeah and same
1: here I think because I mean my book um came out in what 2015 so it's not it's not a new book but I've only recently started talking yeah. about it because I never did before and I I, I wasted opportunities and chances yes I did press yes I was lucky enough to have got like national reviews and the paper and good reviews but I I didn't build on that I hid away so at the time when my book came out um and I did some festivals and literary festivals and that was different because I love that kind of thing and I love doing readings and I did readings in different libraries and I did radio for it and that I loved because that was about the book but it was like on at the time I think I was on Twitter and I still am on Twitter but at the time as a freelance journalist you kind of have to be on Twitter and it was something even when you're not a freelance journalist you have to be on Twitter and I had a reasonable following on there but I kind of curled into this little ball because at the same time that my book came out there were a couple of other writers um also South Asian writers so obviously you know you would be put together in those kind of book Mm. review sections and they were bigger names than me and much more experienced it wasn't just their first book and they had bigger publishers and I just kind of put my head down and curled up like a little snail because I just kind of stepped back I was like well let them have it because they're bigger than me and they're better than me and they're men and they're more experienced and and all of that and I don't know when it was that I think it must have just only been around Christmas time last year that I could see people sort of sharing on Instagram what like Christmas present books and so on. And it was just like, well, I bet people don't even know that I've written a book, let alone the fact that it won an award mm. and it got really well reviewed in the national newspapers. And that that just felt like well, when you put it on paper, that is the fact of what happens. That's not me being boastful it's just I did this and other people liked it and maybe you'd like it too Um and so that's why I started talking about it and I, I have no idea really whether my publisher might have noticed that suddenly people mm-hmm. are starting to buy a very quiet book mm-hmm. that came out a few years ago because I've had like I mean I don't even know whether it would make a dent at all for them to notice but it has been nice to know that people have read it but also that it made me realize that I was out there writing on my blog and calling myself a writer and putting together a writing course but I didn't even know if people actually knew that I had that to my name because in a way I think well I think it does matter that I have that to my name Um, and it does give me a little bit of experience in that world of publishing and putting something together combined with all my other experience in in journalism and I felt like if I don't tell people how will they know (laughs) Um. And I think I learned really that there's very p- few people that are going to bang your drum for you and it's kind of up to you to do it, but you can do it in a very nice beat and it doesn't have to be very, very loud either. It can just be in the background and enough and frequently enough in the background that people will just remember. Um, so that's taken some courage. Um but I'm glad I've done it. And, I'm, I, you know, every now and again, I will mention things like that and pieces that I've written and so on because it's important too, I think. Because I call myself a writer because I am a writer yep. and it's all I've ever done for many decades. So it's, it's important that I share that with people, I yeah, think.
0: Definitely. I totally agree. And that's such a good way to put mm. it. Um, I just want to ask you, do you have any tips for people who – are thinking they want to write more creatively and so even if they've got a a blog or something that they have as their business how can they write more creatively how can they find that creative side of them so it's not just content it's actually something that comes from the yeah.
1: heart yeah see i i really kind of ooh, I, the word content mm-hmm. just kind of brings me out and something yeah. <laughs> it just feels like a because to me if when you refer to something as content you're it almost automatically implies and I don't know whether this is an affair an unfair assumption to make but it just implies you're putting it out there for the sake of bringing people in that's all mm, it is it's, yeah. there's an ulterior motive and you want to sell to them basically and that's what makes me feel kind of grubby about content because like you say is it doesn't it to me it doesn't feel like it's coming to the heart if I refer to my work as content mm-hmm. <laughs> It feels very distant and very aloof um, from who I am, what I am, and I suppose it obviously varies depending on what your purpose in writing is, or your purpose in blogging is, or putting something out on your website. You may well simply want to bring people into what they call the funnel, and so on and so forth. But I think the difference is is when you kind of. Let go of the idea of writing for somebody else, like for this big audience who you see as consumers and just write for people, write for yourself. I mean, I know it's not what business people (laughs) would say, but for me, if I don't really, I don't really spend an awful lot of time thinking about my audience because I just share what's important to me. And because I think it comes from that place of something that is personal. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a big, deep, sensitive topic. It can quite literally be, you know, what am I going to give to my three year old who stopped eating carrots and carrots were the only thing he could eat? You know what I mean? It can be something very trivial, but just talking about it in a very real way without necessarily always having an underlying come and sign up to my writing course mm-hmm. thing at the back of it. It just see it's natural because it is natural. So I see it as, um, I, see, I think the more that you write in your natural voice and the more engaging and compelling you can be, the more you will connect with people. And ultimately, that's what everybody wants is to make those connections on a very human level. And if you find it hard to even begin to think of, well, how can I be compelling or inspiring or engaging, then I would just say read, read other people's blogs if if we're talking about blogs or read your favorite authors spend some time offline and just think about the way in which people can say things that move you and then think about how you can do that as well and it's not copying word for word it's simply letting yourself be inspired because I think sometimes we're in such a hurry to produce this content as we call it that we forget to actually just slow down and think about what exactly is it that you want to say Um, and I think slowing down especially with like the way social media is and so I think slowing down is one of the best ways to find your creativity and to find your inspiration and to connect with yourself first because if you can't do that then you can't possibly connect with someone else great
0: advice and actually that's one thing I loved about your course like the real focus on what I think you called it, did you call it finding your calm or finding your still? Or Finding your still, finding
1: your still. Yeah, because yeah. 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 I, I think there's this idea that, like in the writing world, for instance, there, this if you think of I don't know, this old stereotype of, of the frantic writer who pours their heart out and, you know, their hands are in their hair and they're pulling it out and they're, mm. they're really chaotic people you know think of romantic poets and all of that you know they're constantly in a frenzy at one extreme or the other but actually i think your creativity is best come from that place of calm actually because you're more open to anything then Um, and i think the way you express yourself is always far far better when you're calm and you've got clarity because you then you are not misunderstood and you can do that in a very literal way just you know imagining when you're really 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 upset and you're having an argument and your words get misconstrued because they come out wrong um it's the same kind of thing i think in writing it pays to take a step back and clarity is so important um and that's something, even in the second round of the Quiet Words, which is literally finishing this week. Um, something when I've been giving feedback to all of my um, participants on the course, that clarity is something that's come up quite a lot because it's it's all very well for you to have the idea in your head of what you want to say, but to be able to convey that to someone else that you've never met before, yeah. who might just happen to read something you've written, that takes time and it takes slowing down and it takes patience and it takes practice and I think all of those things slowing down and patience and practice all of those things have been eroded a little bit by the constancy of, of being online um, and so yeah taking a step back is probably the best thing you can do to figure out what it is you want to say and what you want to write and how you want to write it.
0: What's your favorite way to find that still in yourself um at the moment
1: it is actually just to step out of the online world and to just be more present and that doesn't mean being on my own like finding my still on my own or meditating or anything like that because I I don't have time to do that but it just means being really present and engaged in in this life in in my day-to-day with my friends with my kids with my husband my family like family life is is busy and I balance it with um with my writing and because I'm not just writing for my blog and I've got other projects ongoing um and 91 magazine which I'm now deputy editor for so I've got lots of other things going on but if I can just engage in that moment of whatever it is that I'm doing I just find that just I don't know, it reinvigorates me to be right there in that moment and just not have to worry about what's going on in my phone or check my phone. So it's something that's um, quite new to me to turn it off Mm. in this way. Like I'm literally deleting um, Instagram from my phone after I've posted because at the moment I don't quite trust myself to not to not lose myself in it um and I just don't like that I don't like I don't like starting my day that way I don't think it's healthy for me it might be for others but it doesn't do anything for me it doesn't do anything for my inspiration in that way I like connecting with people on it but I don't feel that it gives me my best ideas and I think they only come from being present in um my offline world my world where I can touch people and see people and smell people that's all real to me um and that's where I find my still because it's where I feel more whole and more complete um so stepping into that is really just helped me especially like right now I've had a lot of deadlines going on and I'm writing a lot of um sort of draft material and thinking a lot for my second book which I feel ready to get started on and I don't think I could do that if I was dipping in and at my phone in the way that we do so much we just I think we all do it yeah. but just making little habits to change that has meant meant that I've been just immensely productive but also just enjoyed being around the boys and being around, you know, having quality time with my husband and all of that, I think it's made a real big difference. And I'm not even a massive, I wasn't even a massive user, um, in the first place. So for it to have made such a big difference for me to just step out of it, it does make me wonder how much more of a difference it would make if I wasn't there at all. <laughs> but of course, there's, there's a, also a little pull because I essentially i do want people to find yeah, my blog yeah. and read my blog but i think i'm learning it's is something that i know you've written about on your yeah. on your blog as well is that it's not just about instagram so just taking that healthy balance that actually i don't have to focus 80 percent of my time on instagram just to bring people over to my blog for one blog post i don't have to do that anymore so i don't um and i feel better for it so i died it's nice to just have some faith that things will work out and you're not just dependent on somebody just happening to yeah. scroll yeah. past you. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I feel much better for stepping out in finding my still by being alive
0: I guess yeah it makes so much sense it's something that I'm as you know I'm trying to figure out and I've been reading this book Digital Minimalism and it's so good it kind of speaks to what you were saying about finding your still um because the book really isn't all about rules and stuff about technology it's what to do when you're not on technology um how to find your creativity mm. and stuff and one of the things that spoke to me yeah. was um he talked about solitude and the importance of solitude in creating. And I just thought that made so much sense to me because solitude is very different from loneliness and social media can actually lead to loneliness, ironically. And solitude is sort of a um, very intentional way to spend time with yourself.
1: Yeah, it's a very conscious choice. It's like when I read things about working from home and how working from home can be lonely and and you know people that set up working from home freelancer groups and things like that I can see the benefit of that but I don't know maybe it's because I'm naturally introverted as well but I also know that I've never felt lonely working on my own because I I don't know I guess I can focus and lose myself on what needs to be done and I don't really I don't know I guess my because of the nature of what I do as well the ideas are in my head so I don't I don't really need to bounce them off people. And that's not to sound like I trust in all my ideas. It's just I've never, I don't, I just, and maybe I'm just not that kind of person. I kind of prefer just, yeah, being on my own to write because that's what I do. I can't imagine that being a collaborative effort. Um, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's short-sighted of me. Maybe it, maybe it can be. And of course, you know, I'm not saying that you have no friends when you work from home or whatever. It's just but I just don't I think in that working environment or creative environment to what I do, I need to be on my own to do it. So, um and, like, and, and completely on my own. I don't I don't even have music on. I just I can just get into it. And I know whether that's just from practice or habit because I've always done it but um and maybe yeah being slightly introverted as part of that. Like, I can't imagine ever going to a big kind of group thing um on the other hand that's not to say that I don't see the the point in it I do I can see how that could be really positive and really flourishing and really energetic to to meet people and sort of thrive off it but equally I think it's okay to have your head down as well and just carry on doing your own thing Um yeah it's it's that's okay as well and I think sometimes people just need to hear that too that it is okay just to get on with what you're doing quietly and not have to you know feel like you have to make a whole lot of noise about it sometimes yeah
0: yeah, I totally agree I totally relate to that as well right I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we wrap it up okay the first one is what core values shape the work that you do
1: um well the word that instantly springs to mind is intention um so I think as long as I feel like what I'm doing is true to me and therefore has truth that could connect with somebody else then I can do it then I will do it and that's something that isn't just new to me in sort of my online writing and the blog and stuff like that it's the way I would approach articles in the past as a journalist as well I would never do something that sat uncomfortably with me or if it asked me to cross a line about who I was writing about or anything like that I there's a line for me um and having an intention and being true to myself um is a big part of that so yeah I'd, I'd say that
0: Oh, I love that um second question is where do you go for your creative inspiration
1: oh um I go <laughs> I I go to a bookshop <laughs> it's something um, that I've started doing um, so I'm lucky that my husband works from home a couple of days a week and my writing time my work time is sort of carved into as you <laughs> can relate to nap yeah. time <laughs> and early evenings although I try not to do the evenings to be honest mm. so and you know nap times give me like what two hours a day if he's on a good day One which now that he's older is more reliable and consistent so that is two hours is, is good for me like I do what I can I'm not I'm not changing the world necessarily but I'm just putting out my work and I'm quietly getting on with things um and I recently got into the habit of um going out on a Friday afternoon whilst my husband is here so I'll put my little one down for his nap he'll my husband will be here working I will go out and I have like two hours in um the bookshop in End where I live and I basically just the time flies by and I'm in there and I have to now start really controlling myself not to buy every <laughs> single book like I've had to set a little promise to myself that it's one book at a time because now I have a stack of six books that are waiting mm-hmm. to be read and I kind of every week if I'm going to a bookshop I just keep coming back with more um So that's what inspires me is books and reading and actually it's made such a difference to me to just go into a bookshop, not just browse online, but to go into a bookshop and pick up books that I wouldn't normally have ever heard of necessarily because, you know, they wouldn't have come across my my path online um, and just browse and read and occasionally buy one or two or note down the titles for the next time that I feel like I'm ready to get another pile of reading and and that's become like quite um I just come back from that feeling really connected and really inspired and uplifted and really excited to keep reading and learning and sort of losing myself in other people's books and stuff and that's actually I think what's given me the impetus to actually say you know what I'm ready to start planning book number two Mm. now in a way that I hadn't been ready for about uh well two years I guess yeah it'll be 18 yeah exactly the same age as my as my baby that was when I was trying to start my second book and I just couldn't and he's now 18 months so it's been 18 months that I've not felt that I could do it but now I do and I credit this kind of weekly ritual as really spurring me on because it just brought me alive to the possibilities by seeing a world of books it's just very exciting oh that's
0: really interesting yeah I love that idea of the rich one. <laughs> so the last question is where can people go to find out more about you and what you do
1: well you are all very welcome to come and stop by my website it's ourstorytime.co.uk and that's where I blog once a week um I call them long reads sometimes they're longer than others some <laughs> weeks and um, and I write on anything that kind of fits in with family living and being purposeful and writing and being intentional and also just day-to-day life um so you're very welcome to find me over there and there's also all the details on my writing courses and mentoring um on there as well and then the links to my to my instagram as well which is also at our story time so
0: yeah that's me (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.